Hello. <laughs> Hello. Oh, it's been great, hasn't it, this morning in the worship? I was just, we were in the little group and I was, um, I was saying, I don't feel like anything that was shared was specifically for me, but I think just the whole thing of just spending all that time and hearing all the different inputs and just it all being about Jesus and all, like, as we focus on him, everything else just seems to fade to being not quite so important, doesn't it? So that's what we're going to do now is just look more at Jesus and um, his amazingness, really. So I'd like to start by having us all imagine something, imagine a scene. So let's just close our eyes and we'll just imagine a scene. So let's imagine that we are living 2,000 years ago in Jerusalem with Jews. And every year we have this festival. It's like, you know, New Day or Glastonbury or, you know, some really massive festival like we have, like many of us have maybe been to. And we live in tents for a whole week. So there's this sort of communal buzz. You're, you're, you're not in your normal house. You're living in a tent. And it's a celebration of God's faithfulness to us, a celebration of how in thousands of years ago when we were slaves, he freed us, he took us through the desert, we lived in tents, he led us, he protected us, he took us to freedom, he guided us by a pillar of cloud and a pillar of fire. And it was also a looking forward celebration. One day he's going to do this again. Like Peter said, I will be their God, they will be my people. And on the final night of this festival, there's one absolutely massive celebration. And it's said you've not seen a proper celebration until you've seen this celebration. The musicians, they all come out, they play their musical instruments. We're, we're in the, the biggest court of the temple that everyone can go in. Um, on that final night, they've put up in this temple courtyard four um, big, uh, like, bathtubs, big basins of oil on pillars. And um, that night, four children of the priests, they climb up um, ladders into those. They take the old priestly garments and make, like, wicks out of them. They put them in these vast tubs of oil, and then they light them and presumably run away quite quickly. And there's, there's the music, there's the dance, then people come out and they're, like, juggling fire, and we're all singing praises together with God. And the Jewish text that describes this scene says, there was not a courtyard in Jerusalem that was not illuminated from this light. The whole of the city is bathed in light from this celebration. And in the middle of all of this, one day, Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We've been able to imagine that. It's a really graphic scene, isn't it? All of this light and fire and celebration and dance and music. And in the middle of it, Jesus stands up and says, I am the light of the whole world. Not just this light that's in Jerusalem, but this light that's going out to the whole world. And he says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And this light from God, it's a theme throughout the whole Bible. And it's about the sort of the, the separation and 
and judgment, really. Either you're in the light or you're in the dark. There's no half measures with light, is there? It's like either you've got enough light to see by or you haven't. You can't really, there's not really like a half, half light, is there? And in the very part, first bit of the Bible, in Genesis 1, it starts with light, doesn't it? It says, in the beginning, when God created the heavens and earth, the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the faces of the deep while the Spirit of God was over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light was good, and God separated the light from the darkness. Yeah? In the very beginning of the Bible, the first thing that God did after he created the universe was to create the light that was good. And then John, who talks about, I am the light of the world, when he was writing his account of Jesus' life, he takes this opening passage, opening scene from the Bible, and he shows the role of Jesus in it. So he starts off by saying, in the beginning, he says, oh, remember the beginning of the Bible? I'm kind of saying it again, but in a different way. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him. All things were made through Jesus. Without him was not anything that was made that has been made. In him was life. In Jesus is life. And that life was the light of mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. The true light, which enlightens everyone, was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him, but the world did not know him. That's how John starts his gospel. And then Jesus says, I am the light of the world, the light that overcomes darkness, the life that overcomes death. He says, whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And many times we see in the stories of Jesus, he goes and he heals blind people, doesn't he? He gives them light in their eyes. And what's the first thing that they see? Jesus. They see the person who has healed them, the person who has given them light. But there's a bit of a problem with light sometimes, isn't there? And if you're, if you're married, it's probably a bit more of a problem. So I don't know about you, you know, maybe sometime... <laughs> Ruth's looking a bit scared. Maybe, <laughs> maybe sometime... Um, you know, we're, we're, we're sleeping in bed, and um, I, I can't sleep for some reason. So what do, I, what do we do these days? We get out our phones, and we turn them on, and suddenly, whoa, it's so bright. <laughs> and Ruth's like, I was trying to sleep, and now I can't. The light has just ruined it all, yeah? That's the problem with light. It goes everywhere. You can't, you know, you can't hide it, so it's just you looking at the phone. If you're awake, then light is great, eh? But if you're asleep or trying to sleep, it's not so good. And... If you've been a Christian for even a short while, I'm sure we all know what Jesus said about light, eh? He said, you are the light of the world. A city on a hill can't be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp or a phone or an electric light bulb or something and put it under a basket, but on a stand, and it gives light to the whole house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. 
Okay? He's saying the point of light is for it to be seen. You don't light something and then try and darken it up and hide it away, do you? You light it and it just goes everywhere, like the phone in the, in the room. And when we receive Jesus' light, when we, we start to follow him, each of us starts to reflect Jesus' light to the world. And, you know, we shouldn't be trying to hide it away. Sometimes it's quite tempting to think, oh, you know, in the church it's great, but in my workplace it's, they'd think I was a bit weird if they knew. But people, people see anyway, don't they? Like, we had so many stories when we were in Turkey and, and starting a church, so many people there... Um, including us, had different stories. So we had one lady who, um, who came to faith, and uh, she was on a bus one day. And someone just came up to her from nowhere and said, there's something different about you. She's like, sorry, do I know you? No, there's something different about you. What's, what's different? And she was thinking, well, I tried a new diet recently. You know, is it no, 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 it's not that. Um, I, uh, you know, maybe I did a bit of sunbathing or... No, it's... No. Um, and, and the lady went away and she said, no, there's something different about you, but it's, it's none of those things. And then a friend said, I was praying about it afterwards and thinking about it afterwards, and I felt the Holy Spirit say, well, that's my light, and pointed her at this verse in the Psalms. So Psalm 34 says, I, I looked for the Lord and he answered me. He delivered me from all my fears. And it says, those who look to him are radiant. Their faces will never be ashamed. And... This, this happened to so many people that people would come to them and they would say, there's something different about you. What is it? And that's a great opportunity, isn't it? To say, yes, it's because I'm reflecting Jesus and let me tell you about him. So let's pray for that to be happening for us this week. We've seen this happen so many times. The people who are so spiritually open and hungry will see something different about us because we're in Jesus. And... It can be difficult living for God in, in workplaces, can't it? I mean, I am, uh, I'm self-employed, and I've had all sorts of different things. I had one client who came to me and said, we need to reduce your salary by, uh, you know, your hourly rate by 20%. And then he said, but, you know, in confidence, what, what I'll, I'll, I'll let you do is, um, you know, the management want you to reduce your rate. So you just, like, increase your hours by that amount and, you know, just say you've done that work and you haven't, and, you know, then you'll get the same at the end. It's all the same, isn't it? I said, no, I'm sorry, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it, it, I said, I'm, I'm a Christian. I don't believe that's a good thing, a right thing to do. Um, and it can, be, it can be difficult, can't it, in the world, when people would think, well, it's all the same, isn't it? Like, what's the difference at the end of the day? You say, no, actually, I don't think, I don't think that's right. And Jesus has equipped us, hasn't he? He's equipped us. He's given us his Holy Spirit that burns within us like a, a fire so that everyone can see. How can we be reflecting Jesus' light through our lives? How can, we be, um, how can we be showing his light to these this dark places that we go to in the week? How can we be not hiding it away? Maybe how, how are we kind of hiding it away at the moment? And how can we be letting our lights shine for him? Jesus said, didn't he, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. But then he also says, you are the light of the world. So is it Jesus that's the light of the world or me or us that's the light of the world? Well, actually, we can't really boast very much. It's not like, Mark, I am the light of the world because Jesus said you're the light of the world, is it? That would be a bit crazy. 
So what's he saying? Actually, it's not about me. It's about us. Jesus is saying, I am the light of the world, and you, everyone who's listening to me, everyone who's following me, you together are reflecting my light. You are the light of the world. Jesus isn't here anymore, but we, his church, are all of us together. And maybe um, you remember back to school. Um, we know these days that if you look at white light, there's actually no such thing as white light, is there? Because if you get a little prism, you know, the triangular glass thing, and you shine white light through it, it turns into a rainbow. So we know white light is actually made up of all the different colors combined together. Yeah? And so how does the church grow most brightly? How does it shine the brightest light, the whitest light to the world? Actually, it's by everyone being a bit different from each other, isn't it? It's not we're all the same, so we're, you know, if we're all the same, it'd be like a red light or a blue light. It's because we're all different. It's a white light, isn't it? And it's brilliant being an open door with so many people from different languages and different ethnicities, different backgrounds, birth countries, languages. It, I love it here because we're really reflecting. We're not just one homogenous thing that's just one, one true color. We are all the colors together, aren't we? And when we think of the church around the whole world and all of the different peoples and backgrounds and situations, and we're a part of that, and we're part of Jesus' light to the world, aren't we? And let's let this light shine more brightly in Kettering and Rothwell and Corby and all the other places that we're at. Now, as a little bit of an aside, as, as Dave said at the beginning, we're going to look over the next few weeks at the seven I am sayings of Jesus in John. And the fascinating thing here is that all of these are to do with the temple. Everything Jesus says he is, is something in the temple. So, if we just imagine ourselves in the big Jewish temple in the center of Jerusalem, we were originally were in the big courtyard in the fire celebration, right? And as we would have gone into that, on the big, um, the, the massive doorway arch leading into that, this was known throughout the whole world at the time, that there was a massive golden vine on there, big vine made of, of gold. And the whole world knew this. It was like, if you know about the Jews in Jerusalem, there's a big golden vine there, and that's symbolizing the Jewish people and their relationship with God. And Jesus says, I am the true vine. My father is the gardener. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. And then as we go through the entranceway into the room where only the priests are able to go, we see this lampstand. It's got seven branches on it, and it's burning. In the day, just the center one is burning. At night, all seven are burning. And it's made from pure gold. And they remind Israel, you are the light of the world. And as we heard today, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. And then as we look around inside the, the, the holy place there, we see there's a golden table, and on it there's two piles of bread, six loaves each, or flatbreads or something. On top there's frankincense, and the table's made of gold. And Jesus says, I am the bread of life. 
Whoever follows me will not go hungry. Whoever believes in me will not be thirsty. And then we look, and there's a golden altar where the sheep are sacrificed for the sins of the people. And Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. And we might still be in the priest's area, but if we dream of going into the most holy place where God himself dwells, there's a massive curtain, half a meter thick, made of leather hides put on top of each other. No one is able to go through there. But when Jesus dies, this temple is, this um, curtain is split in top from top to bottom, broken in half. Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If we then go into the most holy place, there's a, a, a sort of a throne where it's believed God was sitting on a golden angel on either side. And under the throne, there's a box with symbols of God's promises and goodness to his people. And um, in there is the, 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 the cane that um, Aaron had. And when there was a dispute about who was able to lead Israel, they, they put all of the staffs in the temple, all of the canes in the temple. And overnight, Aaron's one had turned into an almond tree and sprouted almonds, the death to life. And Jesus says, I am the resurrection and the life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. Everyone who lives and believes in me will never die. It's amazing, isn't it? Jesus, throughout, as we're going to see through the next few weeks, Jesus is saying, actually, everything that you've seen in the temple is about me. It's pointing to me, it's for me, and I am the true temple, the place where God dwells and where you can come and meet with him. That's Jesus, isn't it? It's not a physical building now, it's Jesus. And just as Peter said at the beginning, isn't it, you know, I will be their God, they will be my people. That's us today, here, now. And you remember at the beginning of the talk, we were in the big temple courtyard, we're watching the yearly festival of light and celebrating God's past goodness and looking forward to his future new creation and new goodness. They say that you've not seen a proper celebration until you've seen this festival of light celebration. And after John wrote his account of Jesus' life, he wrote the book of Revelation, And when he's talking there about the new heavens, the new creation that's going to happen, he says this. He says, there's a big city in the middle of it, having the glory of God, its radiance like a rare jewel, like jasper, clear as crystal, transparent, clear as crystal, like diamond. The city was pure gold. And then something weird, pure gold, clear as glass, he says. The city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it. The glory of God gives it its light, and its lamp is the Lamb, is Jesus. By its light, the nations will walk. The kings of the earth will bring their glory into it. So, he's saying, in the new heavens and the new earth, there'll be no need for any other lights. There'll be no need for the sun or the moon or electric lights or any of these things, because the glory of God will shine brighter than anything in this present universe. And all the bits in the city that he's talking about, even the gold, is transparent. Why is that? So the light from God will come into them and be reflected and reflected and, you know, turn into all of these beautiful colors to go out everywhere into the world. 
The whole point about the city, the whole point about what, God see, what, G, what John sees there is it's all amplifying and reflecting and magnifying the glory of God. And this is what we're doing now, isn't it? We're all differently cut gemstones and things so that we can get God's light and we can reflect it and turn it into different colors and show it to the world. And on that day in the new creation, when we see God's radiance and glory and all of the amazingness, that's when we'll really say, you've never seen a good celebration until you've seen that celebration, eh? So let's stand and, and worship together, eh?